Good afternoon, evening, or night, um, whatever time of the day you're listening to us. Welcome to another episode of Duck and the Usher. I am Zachary W. Fisher. With me, as always, is Mr. Joshua A. Stan Camp. Holy, holy, ho. And, of course, our frequent uh, guest and friend of the show, Jay. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, boys. Uh, how's everybody been? Good, good, good. You guys good. had a good time with the uh, the show uh, that you put on? The, the show was a rocking show? success. Yeah. Like, the last three Fantastic. months has been, like, crazy. Excellent. Which is awesome. All right. Well, yeah. uh, things good? Things are, yeah, things are f- pretty hunky-dory, I'd say, uh, overall, for, for the old fish as well. I'm just working a bunch. Looking fly back in the gym. Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt. Yo, it's it's really nice You're out today. You're looking slimmer. You are looking Thanks, slimmer. Thanks, man. More fit. Been, more hit, fit. been hitting the gym. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that's like the water weight coming off me. I don't feel so bloated. I think most of that comes from my alcohol consumption. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe sure. my my eating habits after I get those the booze munchies. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm feeling a lot better upstairs physically. Uh, there's a whole lot going on that's uh, you know and just an upward progression right now. That's beautiful, gentle dudes. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, let's get some uh, some tales from our personal watch lists. Has anybody watched anything new and exciting, or maybe not so new but new to you and exciting? Anything interesting? Jay, why don't you start us off? Jay watched a couple, didn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've kind of went on a a consumption of movies recently. All um, right. And I watched the the two films, A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. Okay. watched them back to back. Nice. Uh, I liked the second one better. Mm -hmm. It's one of those good monsters and a, a really... Kind of interesting premise for an alien flick. Yeah, for sure. Right. Without it being all spaceships and pew pew. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it felt it felt pretty realistic and and I don't know. It's it sort of put human beings like even though we were definitely lower down on the food chain. Right. Like it, it was kind of highlighting how human beings are super adaptable to situations. Okay. Which is super cool. Yeah. yeah and totally. lots like like I said, the monster is really good. Good scary monsters, but I definitely liked the second one better. I thought uh, it was a, a, a better version of the story. They got better. Krasinski, who was in the first one, directed right. it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he wrote either uh, of them, but yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure about that either. But I know. I, I think it was both. like it was him and was some Emily other person. Blunt, right? I think didn't him and his wife Did write they those. Both write them. Oh, I, I don't didn't know. know. I don't know oh, that either. That's I, I know he just directed it. I thought they were really well done. I liked the pacing. I liked the yeah. colors in it. I yeah. thought the acting was solid. Krasinski impresses me the more that I see him. Yeah. Like, was he in like flashbacks or anything in this, or was it all just from the uh, just because he, he? It's it's hard to remember because I watched like a bunch of it. Yeah. Um, but the way that they tell the story is sort of backwards. Okay. They start at like day 472. Oh, from the initial like. Right. So they're attack. sort of counting into it of like, okay, here's what we've learned day 472 right. of this, you know, alien invasion. Um, and then the second one. Yeah. Begins where the other one ends. Okay. Right. But then all, like as a. F- like a brief glimpse, if I recall correctly, it's sort of a brief glimpse, mm-hmm. and then you're at day one. Okay. So they tell it back. That's fun. So yeah. do you, do you, is is a good chunk of the movie then the the past? 
Or is it? Does you just get a glimpse of the uh, like the initial first days? You get the initial glimpse of, um, yeah, like day <laughs> one, and then it progresses through. Like I forget how many months later, but okay, um, yeah, it progresses through the second one. So you you get good chunks of it. You get a good full story, sort of like what, and from different character perspectives. So that's cool. Did you catch that in theaters, or did you watch it on? No, Netflix? I watched it here. Yeah, I watched it. The what? Other uh, well, I didn't know it was already available for streaming. Where you could rent it? it. Yeah, on just Amazon any or something. Like, okay, yeah, just right. Google a quiet place one or two, and you can rent it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Excellent. It was, it, well worth it. Fantastic! I definitely yeah. want to watch that one. Yeah. So that's I was good. on my radar. Josh, anything new and exciting for you, bud? Uh, I don't think I've watched any like new movies recently. Been marathoning Brooklyn Nine Nine again, just because the next season's that like a comfort out. show for you. Yeah, it's just one of those. I like those like kind of just funny little TV shows. So I can sit on the couch and just binge it. And especially right. the, the new season just dropped, so I'm like waiting for to catch up on that. And it's the final season; they're not going to renew it after this. Oh, really? Yeah. I think we're finally at the final season of The Walking Dead as well. I think the they're finally wrapping that shit up. The uh, episode one of the new season just I think just came out, and like uh, someone I read somewhere it's the final season. I was like fucking finally. Yeah, I definitely like Fear the years, Fear right? the Walking Dead a little bit better. I didn't get all the way through that one, but I do like either, Cliff Curtis. That yeah. guy is uh, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, I thought that was interesting from the very get go. <clears throat> sort of like uh, the Black Summer one. Yeah, which I really like. Too. Black Summer is cool too. I still got to finish that. That's uh, one that's thing I have been watching, is that, and I watched the Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, uh, I did, we yeah, did watch yeah, Suicide yeah, yeah, Squad. Yeah, I forgot that. about that. I liked it. I thought it was I did good. Too. I, I did too. I thought yeah. it was a lot better. I thought than they the did others. a great job. I did too. Crushed it. Yeah, I like. Uh, um, I like seeing characters like Polka Dot Man. And like King Shark or these like random. There's even like cameos of like other characters. Like Kaleidoscope was in is the that prison. That the lady scene? who's in the prison with yeah. all the different colors. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't a, know who she was, yeah. but I was like, oh, that's got to be somebody. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah, she's a Superboy villain. Uh, Superboy villain. Superboy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she shows up in other stories, but I think her main villainy or she's the main villain to him. Does she like hypnotize people? I think something? so. I'm not really sure what her powers are, but. Uh, they they made her look like almost comic accurate. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what else did I watch here? Oh, I I, I caught this movie called The Empty Man mm-hmm. on um, HBO. <clears throat> At first, I thought it was gonna be like a uh, sort of a cheap knockoff of like uh, some cryptid like Slenderman, uh, just based on the title and the and the uh, poster art. But I was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very much uh, cosmic horror. Um, in the way of like like the void or um, I'm sort of blanking on other good examples of like cosmic horror, but it's about this detective who's trying to find this missing girl, and he ends up uncovering this this secret society of people who can reach through like interdimensional planes, and they, they use one person as the conduit to this person. This person being the empty man, the one who shows them their <clears throat> cosmic knowledge and shit gotcha. and uh, I liked it a lot. Cosmic horror is quickly becoming like my favorite subgenre of of horror. Uh, the more Lovecraftian, the better. Right. 
Very cool. Um, and then I and then I decided since I gave the Lord of the Rings extended editions all three a back to back watch one day that was a hell of a day. <laughs> I decided to jump into um, the Hobbit movies because I had only seen the first one oh. back when it came out. Yep. When I was half drunk somewhere in Arizona, and uh, so I'm rewatching those, and I really don't think they're as bad as everyone like uh, says they are. I think I think they're just fine. Yes, they are more cartoonish, and some some of the the reliance on CGI rather than practical effects, like Lord of the Rings was, mm. kind of uh, hurts it a little. But um, if I were to like compare it to the to the other movies, it would be the same way I'd compare the Hobbit novel to the Lord of the Rings novels. One is more cartoonish and made for children, and one's a little more serious. And I think the movies kind of have that contrast as well. So that kind of yeah. works for me. Yep. That way. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's about everything I've uh, watched uh, in the last couple of weeks. Oh, oh, and uh, Marvel's What If series just started, and they have two I episodes out. I saw that out. the advertisements for like coming up in my feed, yeah. but wasn't sure exactly what that was. They're short episodes; each is like a half hour, and all it is is just taking the stories that we know from the Marvel movies and saying, "What if it happened this way?" Oh, right on. Yeah, so it's not canonical; it's really just outside of the main timelines. But because we've started seeing an introduction of like multiverse and alternate timelines coming from like Loki, and the um, uh, they hinted at it in Spider Man, and and now it's all or even in um, the new uh, the WandaVision, we're starting to see them leaning into this multiverse situation. Plus, the new Doctor Strange is coming up, right. so it kind of makes sense to to view um, these other world like parallel stories, which are kind of fun. Like one is where uh, Peggy Carter becomes Captain Carter instead of Steve becoming oh, Captain right America. Nice. So she's rocking like the Union Jack on her shield instead of like you know the stars and stripes. And the second episode is what if T'Challa became Star Lord? So like he was kidnapped instead of uh, Peter Quill. So right now on. he's up in space. <clears throat> I guess he's he's like. Uh, Remember that episode of Rick and Morty where where Morty where they where they uh, take all of their toxic traits out of them and Morty becomes like the best possible version of yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like helping other people reach their their potentials yeah. and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, what a what a guy, kind of a guru." Well, T'Challa seems to be that kind of person as Star Lord out in the uh, in the cosmos because all of the Ravagers have gone straight. He convinced uh, Thanos not to to go through with his genocide, <laughs> and Thanos is on the team, and he's like, Ugh, you know, palling around with him. So it was, it was kind of funny to watch. But anyway, yeah, that's right that's what I've been uh, diving into today. Funny. We're gonna talk about a movie that is uh, very um, obscure, not very well known, unless you know you're <clears throat> into like. Things like Elvis or Psychobilly or Hot Rods or, or films uh, related to such a thing or post-apocalyptic films. Uh, it's called Six String Samurai. And Josh, do you have a little breakdown about a... Uh, I do. So Six String Samurai came out in 1998. It's about 91 minutes long. The budget is $2 million. Could not find actually how much money it made. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of tells you a lot. Yeah. It's got a 6 out of 6. Uh, sorry, it's not 6 out of 6. 6.6 6 out of 10 on IMDb. 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. 57? 57. Big numbers, huh? Big, big numbers. I mean, it's a it's an interesting film. It certainly is. And, and um, normally we cover movies that any one of our listeners can, uh, excuse me, coffee, uh, can turn around and go catch on a streaming service or, or rent it or something. This one was kind of hard to find. Um, 
It was only after I ordered it uh, from a distributor in South Korea that I realized <laughs> that there was a re-release of it here in the States in a 4K special collector's edition pack oh. with like artwork and stuff from, um, I can't remember the name of the, the, the company that put it out there, but there is a re-release for fans to grab a hold of here in the States. It's a little pricey because it's like a gift package. It's full of all kinds it's of like extras. like a box set. Yeah. yeah, I just got to grab the DVD for like six bucks. Um, but yeah, it's relatively hard to find. Um, so if you wanted to watch it, you'd either have to like know me personally and I'd lend it to you. Or you can go buy it yourself. And I, uh, I think you should. I think this movie is kind of fun. Yep, I agree. A little nugget. Yeah, good little nugget. So it's a good one to like throw on and be like, you "Ever seen this?" Or one to keep in your back pocket, you know? Yeah, like, for ah, sure. I got a movie yeah. you've never seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. It came out in '98, as uh, Josh mentioned. There, it's a post-apocalyptic action comedy film directed by Lance Mungia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Now, Lance, I think the only other movie he directed was uh, The Crow, Wicked Prayer. Which was the third one uh, no. in that series? Yep, I only saw the first two and yeah. abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> abandoned jump that ship. ship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never saw the third one either because it has uh, Edward Furlong is the the character the crow yeah. revives in this one. I don't know what his character's mm. name is. It also has uh, Tara Reid and I think David Boreanaz. Oh, right on. Uh, so I never watched it, but yeah. apparently there was also a fourth crow. After this, I think with the with the actor Eric, let Mabius. him die. Just I let know. him die. <laughs> they're trying. They were trying to reboot it uh, about four years ago uh, with um, Jason Momoa. Oh, which eh. I feel like is too on the nose casting. Um, and I don't know if he can pull off dark and brooding. He has the dark and brooding look to him, but he's all like jokey surfer kind of person in my eyes. Yeah. So I don't know if. Uh, I think it would be harder for him to. Yeah. He would have to like lose a lot of weight, Christian Bale style. Yeah, to, right. Because. Like, the crow's a bit more skinnier, kind yeah, of. Yeah, not a buff superhero. Whipcord muscles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a musician, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't in there like pumping iron. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. But yeah. Speaking uh, of musicians. Yeah. Speaking of musicians, this movie is is very much um sort of a maybe a musical action comedy. I don't know if musical is the correct word to use because there wasn't like a lot of there was a couple musical numbers, but it's not like you know it's not Rent. Yeah, they're not breaking into a song that's moving the plot. Along. No, it's, no. It, yeah, it's like just a bunch of little like music videos, like rockabilly it's, style. It's part right. of their battles. It's part of yeah. their battles. Yeah, and I think Moonjia also himself like directed a bunch of music videos, and that's why this feels like a very long music video. Yeah, it feels like a long sizzle reel music. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. For like a band in a. It definitely feels way? like a. Sizzle yeah, just kind of get in front of. Oh, it. Oh, get in front of it. Sorry. Yeah. If you go to the side, we're not going to hear you. Yeah. Um. So the, the film stars Jeffrey Falcon. Um, Jeffrey Falcon and Justin McGuire are the two main people in the movie. I think I'm guessing Justin's the kid. With the... Uh, oh, yeah, it's so annoying. Probably the worst part of that, that Fuck monotone. That Fuck that kid. I, th I, th I kid. think I have like... In, in one a of the post apocalyptic situation... The kid would die. The kid would die. You would just yeah. walk away. You're like, nope, you are... Sorry, you're nope, dead weight, bud. He tries to walk away a couple of times. Yeah, no, he does. Stage five clinger, the little kid. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, doubt. The film's uh, score yeah, was actually done by Brian Tyler, who is uh, well known for, I think he did a number of the Marvel films. Um, he definitely did the score for Bubba Hotep that we covered last year. Um, and like Thor The Dark World, because I thought those two hmm. um, sounded very much alike. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. And there was also a band in there called the, the Red Elvises. They actually provided the majority 
of the soundtrack for this. They're they, they're a highlight. They're a, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting band. Turns out it's not just the theme. They are legitimately like Russians. They're yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah, kind of cool. Very. Uh, the film was greeted with a great deal of excitement when shown at Slam Dance in 1998, winning the Slam Dance Damn Awards. Dance. I guess he has a. Um, I guess that's the, the it's a dance festival. it's a dance slam poetry festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deaf slam jams. Art. It can be slam poetry if it sounds like this all like, the time. <laughs> like Shatner? Yeah, pretty much. Shatner poetry. He was the pioneer in slam poetry. <laughs> Shat. Um it won the Slam Dance Awards for Best Editing and Cinematography uh, and gathering extremely favorable reviews for influential alternative cult and indie film publications such as Fangoria, Film Threaten, and Cool News. Um, and it's billed as a post-apocalyptic musical satire. Um, in a limited theatrical release, the film ran for several months in a few theaters, gaining a reputation as a minor cult film. Uh, having a budget of uh, $2 million, it only made a mere $124,494 oh, at the box office. That's, That's why you flopped. couldn't find That's it. That's why I couldn't find it. <laughs> this is right from that Wikipedia. That was a good write-off, though, for the, uh, that company. Oh, like, you bet. You read, you read the whole Wikipedia article. Usually, they'll put it like right there on the next the column where it says budget box office. Usually, they put it on there. They got to dig, man. Got to dig. Just go down like two I'll go paragraphs. Down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I could totally see... Like if I saw this in a theater, right? Just kind of yeah. rando walked in. I I would bring my friends back to see it. You bet. Like you got to see this movie yeah. up on a big screen, popcorn, the whole thing. Yeah, no Ooh, doubt. Which reminds me, um, next time we view a movie collectively for the show, even if we don't need to, mm -hmm. um, my uncle has a private theater in his upstairs of his home. What? what? And it's quite nice. Oh, so we should go do that and yeah. like record ourselves and they look and make a video. Anyway, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Next time. Next have, time. To, have to do it for Dune for you when we do the oh. Dune episode. Oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. <laughs> just, his brain just <gasps> melted for a yeah. second. Man. <laughs> so this movie was intended to be the start of a trilogy that was, um, mm. that was originally the idea. Um, just like the uh, predicted launching of the career of the film star, Jeffrey Falcon a martial artist who had appeared in several Hong Kong action movies in the 1980s and early 90s. It didn't really work out. So while Moon Jia made several music videos, he did not direct another feature until he made the aforementioned The Crow, uh, Wicked Prayer, from 2005. Interesting. And there was supposed to be a Vegas Needs a New King, the making of Six String Samurai, which, according to sources here, was released or was to be released uh, May 31st of this year. And we have yet to see that movie. Maybe they're just still doing some editing. Maybe. Stories and stories and stories. Maybe they're trying to get. Yeah, maybe they're trying to get people back together from the uh, the original movie. Yeah, um, it was interesting the way that they did the um, the voiceover. That it wasn't the one at the beginning. Uh, the the way that the voices in this it thing was like dubbed. dubbed. Oh, yeah. the dubs, yeah. yeah, like the ADR. Yeah, yeah. ADR. Maybe they had bad. Uh, because they were outside, yeah. Was it recorded quite so well, like on the yeah. on the day, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I just well, imagine that his voice was like really annoying on camera, and they were yeah. like, "No." Well, I could. <laughs> or you can't have I, him. I speaking. could see them. <laughs> I, I could see them actually doing that on purpose to make it more like a samurai film. I was just you thinking know? that. Yeah, no. I think maybe that might have been intentional because I remember us making uh, comments about how the beginning of the movie, which we should probably just go ahead and start, jump into start it, start talking about okay. it. Yeah. There was a point about the the anamorphic lens in the beginning, which we all thought was like, is that was that intentional? Was that purposeful? 
turns out it was. Yeah. No, I thought the use of colors in this one too. Like I thought they did a really good job. Did you did you write down the, the opener? I did not you actually. Okay. I thought you got a clip of it. No, I didn't. But that's okay. Uh, as far as we'll just kind of set you up. 1957, the Soviet Union attacks the United States in a nuclear with nuclear weapons, rendering most of the nation uninhabitable. The American government has collapsed, with the exception of the have-known Lost Vegas. As lost as an L O S T. Yeah. Lost Vegas, ruled by the King Elvis. The Red Army has been besieging Las Vegas, but the lack of supplies over the years has regulated them to a gang of thugs. Forty years later, King Elvis dies. The radio disc josh, do, jockey Keith Mortimer announces a call for all musicians to come to Las Vegas to try to become the new king of rock and roll. And his ending of his message, the Ve Vegas needs a new king, baby. Mm. So it opens up with... My phone ringing. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I was saying, yeah, it, uh, the squashed de-anamorphic effect on the opening title sequence is an homage to uh, years of VHS full-screen movies that had, that had their widescreen titles similarly squashed. Mm. Many projectionists have mistakenly swapped out their lenses in the middle of this sequence, uh, and ironically, the video version of the movie is letterboxed, although the cable broadcast version is not. Hmm. And I didn't know there was a cable broadcast version. Also... Know. When I first learned of this movie was probably 12 or 13 years ago because when Netflix had just started their streaming, um, uh, what's the word? Service. 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 There it is. Wow. <laughs> uh, and it was still kind of in its infancy. Not everybody had it. Um, this is when computers still had fat asses. I can't believe like, like 2008 still. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was surfing through a lot of their movies because when Netflix started with the streaming service, they only had like a handful of popular titles because they hadn't yet started a making any original content. And so you get like a string of like popular movies you want to watch. And then it was just bucket loads of shitty movies, the likes of which you see now in libraries that dominate sites like IMDb TV or uh, Tubi or Vudu. Right. All those really like three headed shark versus your mom. Yeah. Shit like that. Mega shark versus crocosaurus. There was six string samurai. And I was like, what is this shit? And I kept it with me because I had just, right around that time, I think I was I had finished working as a body piercer, and I knew this guy, uh, Ed, who also turned me on to Bubba Hotep, um, knew a lot of stuff about like Elvis and that culture and psychobilly, rockabilly stuff. And I think he may have known about this movie, but I can't remember sure, for sure if we ever talked about it. But I kept this one in my back pocket for so long, and when I finally realized that um, I could get my hands on it and we could cover it on this here show uh, I was excited to actually finally get to it so that's that's my little history with this movie anyway the film opens with a mother and child being attacked by like geez, just crazy people they're like yeah. walking in a field it's yeah. very idyllic it's like it opens with nice like harp Tall music or whatever yeah. right it's like yeah. and then ah! yeah and then out of nowhere and uh, the, the samurai because uh, right now we don't know his name just yet but just samurai he appears, right. he appears and kind of Kills everybody, saves the kid, and even says the lines like, Wasteland ain't no place for kids. Right. Yeah, you don't see his face for a while. No. Which I thought no. was really interesting. Yeah. Like, he's always, the his back is towards you, or it's an action sequence yeah. where you can't really make him out, Like you, and it's always in shadow. Or it's like slightly obscured by his umbrella yeah. or his parasol. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got like an umbrella that's all torn to shreds yeah. you know i mean you know, you're walking through a desert and he's wearing yeah. he's wearing a suit he looks like like, he looks buddy, like buddy holly, holly. yeah, yeah. kind of looks like guy pierce think you pointed yeah out. he looks like yeah guy he pierce. really does like he could this totally could be remade with guy pierce in it. right 
before he gets too old. So yeah. the, this kid follows the samurai, and he's fucking annoying as all. Really kid. annoying, just the whole time. Like, I mean, his mom did just die at the hands of you know death, death, or whatever. Yeah, death came around him very quickly. So I, I can I want to empathize, but I also, if I were Buddy Holly, I would have sliced that kid's head off like immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, he, no qualms. Well, like in a post-apocalyptic. Like well, I'm going to be king, baby. He says, like, because the, right. the little kid's got like a, like a toy Spice. or something, like a little bunny rabbit or yeah. stuffed animal, and he's like, "Ain't no place for you know wasteland. Ain't no place for kids." Yeah. The what is it? The 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 spinach monster is gonna get you. I'll, I'll feed you the spinach I monster. That. I think spinach that's spinach monster. Yeah, he says. Spinach I wonder if monster. this kid is supposed to be like an homage to the feral child from like the Mad Max movies. Probably, you know, because this is a very Mad same, Maxian. Because yeah. this movie definitely like. You know, pays tribute to things like Wizard of Oz, and yeah, we're gonna get to that. That was just yeah. the ending of this movie. Yeah. It's just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of streams. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there, there's not very much dialogue, and, and the movie kind of moves along very fairly quickly. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the kid ends up following the samurai, and they go to like this rundown, like no roof, kind of like uh, you know, if you've ever been dri driving through the desert, you'll see like an old Mexican. Adobe, Adobo house, or I don't know how they say it. There's no roof. You know, like it's just that Spanish revival look. Yeah, yeah, there's just no roof. It's just run down, but it's like a canteen bar type of thing. And so he sits down and gets like, what, like a, an egg and some ale or wine. I don't or remember. I thought he was drinking like dirty water. It looked like something, but I think it was like liquor. No, because he grabs a bottle yeah. and starts chugging it. It's very Western in that feeling that like the stranger wanderer walks in and everybody's kind of peering over their glasses at him. Like and you would get out of a and there's Western. A, there's a band playing, very rockabilly, uh -huh. and, and you know, everyone's like, nice shoes. Yeah. They see, they see the band shoes. Nice shoes. Nice man. shoes. And I have a little clip of um, the bowlers walking up. Okay. So there's this. The, a rival gang. Yeah, the rival bowling team. It's fucking just hilarious. Comes up and starts talking to them. Yeah, every roving band seems to have a theme yeah. to them. It's almost like the warriors in the desert. Here it is. Don't touch my guitar, man. Don't even touch my guitar. Hollow body six string, 1957. A good year. See those cats over there? Those cats are king material. Going all the way to Vegas. The only one going to Vegas around here is me. I know your type, buddy. You ain't going to Vegas. Where you go, death follows like a blown out 52 Plymouth. Top Hat's put a big price on that guitar, buddy. But maybe you give it to us. We forget we ever saw you. Come on, guys. Bowling night is until Tuesday. <laughs> Who you fool? Maybe you were good once. What are you looking at? But now, everybody knows you're just a washed-up rocker who can't tell a six-string from a shot glass. <laughs> You probably not even worth killing. But maybe we kill you anyway. 
Nice tuxedo. Nice tuxedo to die in. <laughs> nobody misses with the pin pals and gets away with it. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. And then he ends up just kicking the shit out of the pin pals. <laughs> that makes for a great audio story, by the way. Like, I really liked being able to hear it mm -hmm. without seeing the visuals. Mm -hmm. It was right. really, really well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. It gets better every time I, I think <laughs> about music. Yeah, yeah. I really like this film. I so, like, yeah, yeah, I like, go ahead, you were saying about the music. Yeah, I just, I was just saying I like the music that adds to it. I do too. Uh, the band that I mentioned at the beginning uh, is called the Red Elvises. Um, and there's a music video for this uh, band that was made outside of the film, which if you get the DVD, there's a special feature with the music video. Um, and in it, or and also in the film, you see the band, one band member playing a large triangular string instrument, um, which is a real instrument called the electric balalaika. Mm. So I'm guessing it's a Russian instrument. I would guess. Yeah, it's it's a very... It's interesting. Look, yeah, yeah, it looks cumbersome, yeah. but he looks like he's having fun when he's playing it. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he beats up the pins, uh, the the bowlers, mm -hmm. and then the this Clint Eastwood type character comes in in this fifty two Plymouth, right? And and it is, yeah, he, yeah, he, he does literally like acts just face. like Clint yeah. Eastwood. He's like, oh, what a good time to die, you know? <laughs> and uh, the, 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 the the kid ends up stealing the car. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, of course, Buddy hops in. They drive away. And in they, the slowest car chase ever. ever. I swear. Well, we're not. We're not to the chase yet. Oh, yeah, but yeah. the, like, I think. I think the gas pump explodes, kills the Clint Eastwood guy. He's like, yeah. oh shit. And then boom, it blows up. And then spoke to you. And soon. then this is where we get to actually meet um, Death, pretty much. And oh, he's, that's right, that's yeah. yeah. And he's kind of like Slash meets like you know just like a heavy metal Slash rocker. meets Hexus from yeah. the Fern Gully. <laughs> And, I, I feel like the they're him and he's got three other dudes with him, and I and I and I, I guess we're supposed to infer that they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse because he's death. The other one I think is war, famine, and then pestilence. pestilence yeah, and yeah. you get to hear the way they talk, and it's just it's yeah, so it's, weird. So they're 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 looking for Buddy because they want the guitar. That's what right. they're, what they're doing. And uh, so here's just a little clip. It's literally right after it. So here it is. Beware the spinach monster. See you in hell. <laughs> it was him. He was here. They were my best bowlers. The one with the four eyes will be hard to defeat. What's the matter, Comrade Death? You. I asked you to kill one simple guitarist, and what do I get? Dead ball guys. Mm -hmm. You four have failed me for the last... Nice shoes. Uh-oh. Another collar, can you dig it? We're rocking and rolling ourselves to death. Yeah, werewolf, I just saw death, and he's looking for your number. Well, you just tell that dark, ugly dude that my number is 555 baby. So yeah, 
So we get like this really cool, like just death, you know, nice shoes. And yeah. I kind of like when it, just that music in the background is very like jazzy. Like, hey, yeah. but it's rockabilly, Bondi guy. Rockabilly. Yeah. And my dog's going crazy as usual. Uh, the samurai and the kid, they're being chased by these like cavemen that are trying to get them also in another yeah, car. Yeah, they're like the ones like, that kind of grunt like yeah. the whole time, those guys. Yeah, like, they were just like these but they're, they're, they're throwing, rovers. Like, they're throwing records at them and like candy and... <laughs> yeah, no, they like... Yeah, they were throwing yeah, candy, they, like, weren't they? Launch like uh, gob stoppers or something at them and yeah. they're like hitting the kid in the head. And he's like eating them. Like, yeah. Oh, that was great. Uh, I know that the they get away from their pursuers and then the car breaks down and we discover the kid is mechanically uh, talented. Yeah, he can fix a car. fucking car and he's like five years old. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, cause the, the, the samurai leaves the kid and they're just like, you know, they're yelling at each other like the, eh, eh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, yeah, the kid fixes the radiator, you know, because he's like, eh, buddy just walks away. That's the name of the samurai's buddy. Yeah. And then the cavemen are approaching and then, of course, he comes back. And I love when he comes back. He picks up the kid and throws him in like the trunk. He's like, "Here, just stay yeah. in this hot ass trunk." While yeah. I- <laughs> he has another, he's got another little like musical fight scene where he he beats up their their attackers. And what's pretty cool about this actor is he did a lot of Hong Kong martial arts movies. And in this, he does his own stunts, free of wires or any special effects. All they did was like just let a little slow down the uh, the film a little bit to give it more of that slow motion quality where they put dust and stuff on on their feet and chests wherever yeah. he makes contact, and it's got that. Very Hong Kong look to it. Gentlemen, if you'll excuse me, I need to use the restroom. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Coffee uh, really does its work. So, yeah, he beats up all those cavemen. And uh-huh. they, they fix the radiator. And then they drive to this, like, rinky-dink shack because they, they need a ratchet. Right. He's like, I need a ratchet. And he was looking for a place to dump the kid. Yeah, to dump the kid. And yeah. he pulls up to this house, and this guy's, like, golfing. And I have this clip, and it's a, it's a bit of a long clip, but I think this is maybe the most interesting part of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. I, it was, like, uh, very Hansel and Gretel because they're trying to, like, cook the kid later yeah. on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the clip. I'll let you guys hear it. Look who's come to dinner. Why, it's Wally Fishbinder and his little boy, Jed. How the hell are you, boy? So I suppose you don't have a ratchet in that bag, right? How the hell are you, boy? Hey! You finished paying off that new Plymouth of yours? I tell you, I sure hope to hell you didn't go to one of those boys on the lot. They see you coming a mile away, ready to eat you alive. Those Plymouth dealers will tell you they're cutting you a break when all they're doing is just threatening you up for the slaughter. All little Rusty can talk about is riding in the fish finder's new Studebaker. Oh my, Jenny, you're just a little weed is what you are. You're just getting plumper every time we see you. <laughs> Come up here, sweetie. You ever try a pink golf ball, Wally? Why, the wind shear alone on a pink golf ball can take the head clean off a 90-pound midget at over 300 yards. So, you don't have a ratchet. <sighs> can I get you anything? Some coffee? Would you like some candy? Here, would you like some candy? Can I get you anything at all? Here, have some candy. 
Don't you think this is a nice family, kid? Look, they're a little strange, but they're better than what's outside. Hey! Rusty's been looking for a new third baseman. You play, Jed? Have some candy. Here you are. It'll put some meat on your bones, slugger! My darling Lorraine, you dance and play, <laughs> and I feel like marbles and champagne. You're rocking. Bye bye! Bye bye! Bye bye! Bye bye! Sliced me off a thigh, honey bunch. Windmill mm. <laughs> <laughs> people. I hate those guys. So yeah, then we meet the uh, the windmill people. Yeah, and they're like kind of dressed in like these hazmat suit kind of yeah. spaceman. <clears throat> and they're like breaking into the house, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. the 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 crazy cannibals end up. The, he has a ratchet. He yeah. plays the ratchet. He's like, I got a ratchet, and then steals the car and leaves the kid. Right. And then, right. Yeah. Then these guys are like trying to bust through the house with all the wind, and like they're trying to grab yeah. the kid. And and who comes back? <gasps> Buddy. Buddy. The samurai. Save the kid comes from the back, windmill people. Kills all the windmill guys. He has a heart. Yeah, this is one I thought like this um, director probably made use of uh, very few um, filming locations, probably reused because you see a wind farm a couple times. You or? do, yeah, because yeah. when when he goes when later on when we meet the spinach monster, uh, is that the name of the? That's the name of the thing that's in the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what the spinach monster is. Oh, yeah. And when they when they reach the next town. No, when they go into the hole, like when into that like oh, fighting okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the right. that's the spinach monsters down there. Well, all right. Yeah. In my defense, I've only seen it once, so yeah. I need to I need to rewatch it. And uh, well, he he, co he comes back, saves the kid, and they end up going to like a junkyard, and they find like this motorcycle, and he's yeah. trying to start it up. And what the little five year old goes over and touches it a couple of times. He's like, he's like eleven or twelve, whatever. Little little shit. <laughs> little shit. He yeah. just basically touches it and, and fixes it. Turns it on. And, yeah. Right. So he's got like some kind of magical mechanical ability. And so they start driving through the desert because you know they're trying to get to Las Vegas. And every every time we get like a different scene, it'll be like 110 miles, 100 this miles to get yeah. to, to, to Las Vegas. They're going. They're Vegas. going quite a long way without any like stopping. Or yeah. Getting water. Uh, or eating. Uh, well, you eat some candy desert. later on. But. Oh, gee whiz. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you can survive on candy, right? <laughs> and dirty water when they do come across water. Yeah, because like uh, yeah, even even the uh, when they get to that town. And then he does. Uh, there's like a scene, and you mentioned it too about how visual the movie is. Um, one of my favorite spots was when he's like doing his katas on the sand dunes in the sunset, and the kid starts watching him and like mimicking his movements. Yeah, and and yeah, during this shadowing. Like, well, they, they here, there's a clip of death uh, when he comes through. And he's like talking on the radio. I think this is the one that I have. I'm not sure. I'm double check here. Wasn't there a, a character that told the buddy 
to follow the yellow brick road. Or that comes up later, doesn't it? Yeah, that comes up later, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think the clip of death I have is after he kills that what's-his-name. So, okay. So, yeah, it's like 214 miles to Las Vegas. Death is, like, following him. And then they get to this new town. And all along the way, he's... Uh, death is like chopping dudes down who have guitars and keeping and their, their picks. guitar picks as, yeah. as his trophies. Yeah. He's like wearing like a necklace, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Almost like ears. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they get to this town where it's like where there's there's water and there's like a little short person. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want none of your dirty water. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they, he goes in and... That the the little person is the one who says follow the yellow brick yes, road. Yes, yeah, follow the yellow brick road. Yeah. So we get this like weird, okay... All right, yeah. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Feel <laughs> well, kind of. He's on a journey, and then the you know, just like the Munchkins well, he, in that movie, when it's did, a little when dude did, that says uh, it. When did that movie come out? Ninety-eight. Oh, what no, Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz. Forty. Thirty-nine. No, thirty-nine. Yeah, thirty-nine. Okay, so it would have been before. Before the war, or before the, the yeah the fallout. So all right, yeah. So okay. they had that would have been a reference. Yeah, I guess. I don't totally. Know. It makes sense. And I that think this have, film is smart, and that would have been also like the sixth movie or so because. Believe it or not, the 1939 Wizard of Oz is a remake. Yeah, they made a lot of yeah. them. There's at least uh, four or five before that. And when they're in this new town, there's a there's like this gambling house kind of thing. And Ooh, fun fact. Yeah, sorry, mm. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're there. good. So the town itself is called Fallout, and I remember when we were watching it. I was like, I wonder how much of this is from Fallout inspired like, the Fallout game New Vegas Fallout or something in like New Vegas because there is an achievement that you can get. Uh, or maybe even also a quest. I never finished New Vegas. I played the other ones uh, quite more extensively. Um, where if you complete a quest, you get a uh, achievement called um, uh, New Vegas Samurai. Oh, wow. Okay. And there's like a, a radio station just like, uh, sounds this, like this in the game. Kind of. I don't know if they're, they're exactly like one-to-one the same. But huh. there is a, a character named Benny who's voiced by uh, like um, uh, the fuck who plays Chandler in uh, Friends. Matthew Perry. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he, he's one of the voices in the game because your character never really speaks. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of similar styles. You go to Vegas in, in this game as well. There's the strip. I remember and buying a lot of the it. It's, just a long, it's a long game. Well, yeah, it's yeah. an open world sandbox. But yeah, there, it definitely um, was. Hang on. I think I have the the actual... Uh, the other thing there? Yeah, hang on. Cultural references. Here we go. In the RPG Fallout New Vegas, an achievement called New Vegas Samurai is available with an image based on Six String Samurai's movie poster. Um, it is acquired when That's the cool. player deals more than 10,000 points of damage with melee weapons. Nice. Yeah. Because Buddy deals it out with the sword. Well, Buddy also, when he goes into this uh, into the bar, he is like getting hit on by prostitutes and kind of sleeps with like a cross-dressing prostitute. It was a man, right? I'm pretty sure. No, I don't believe it was. I didn't think that it was a man. You didn't think no. it was a man? I thought it was a man. No. She was just weird. No. Just a, a manish, oh, a manish, manish prostitute. Manish okay. prostitute. You know, I just found the, uh, the 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 that opening text in the movie is uh, what is, is it? written right here. Do it. Want me to go back to it now? The yeah, just go and read it. Uh, so the beginning of the movie, uh, you get this text where it says, "In this alternate universe, in 1957, the Russians took the United States by nuclear force." Only one piece of the American frontier remained free, a patch of land known as Lost Vegas. Through this desert wasteland wanders the six-string samurai, a latter-day Buddy Holly who handles a guitar or a sword with equal skill. He's a man on a collision course with destiny. It seems that King Elvis, who ruled over the land of Vegas for 40 years, has finally taken his last curtain call, and the throne now stands empty. 
but it's a rough road to the big city, and the body count is likely to be high, as demonstrated in this post-apocalyptic future with a beat we can dance to. Nice. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a dude that's in this bar, um, and he's like with a bunch of you know, hookers, and he's dressed like the samurai. You know, he's like an imposter. He looks like Buddy Holly, but he's just yeah. an imposter. And he ends up getting beat up. You know, kind of by or like guitar, guitar out, like but buddy, yeah. buddy's like, you know, you're a fucking cheapskate, you know, right? You don't know shit. Fuck off, bro. And so the kid and um, buddy go into the desert, and the imposter is like trying to find him, mm-hmm. and buddy ends up killing the imposter. Okay. And so, and then they're they're gonna they're they kind of leave the body because it's dressed like buddy, you know, kind of like, and he tries to leave the guitar there yeah. to be like, oh yeah, and like. So if death finds it, they're like, oh, he's dead, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, I just read something interesting. Yeah. Okay, so in March... Um, no, go ahead. Just something, I'm sorry. Six String Samurai was released on a uh, non-anamorphic DVD by Palm Pictures in March of 99, um, which extras included the theatrical trailer and the two music videos by the Red Elvises. I think that's the one I have, Yeah, but Korean version. Uh, but in March of this year, it was announced that the film would be receiving its first ever HD release, which it did, um, with Blu-ray and Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack from Vinegar Syndrome. They re-release a lot of uh, <clears throat> rare and cult movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newly created extras include commentaries by Moongia and cinematographer Christian uh, Bernier, as well as a brand new extended length um, making of documentary with Moongia and Elijah Drenner. So I guess that is where one can find the making of. Is with that new uh, oh, it's like a home video feature. media. Oh. Yeah. Continue. So they go into the desert and do. Yeah, it kills the imposter. Uh, we find out the kid can fucking talk. Right. Yeah, this whole time. Yeah. This whole time. Mm-hmm. He, he finds his voice. Grunts. He finds his yeah. voice. And, and they're, they're still walking through the desert and they both kind of collapse from like heat stroke. You know? Yeah. They haven't drank anything. And then we kind of get this clip of death. Um, that comes upon them, right? Yeah, well, he's he's chasing them. This is where the, he finds the body. Oh, okay. He kills another guy, stuff like that. And it, Death's kind of talking on the radio. Here it is. actually earlier on but that's okay so yeah death is still <laughs> approaching and uh right so they both collapse from the heat and then you know they kind of both wake up and there's like arrows being shot, shot everywhere you know by the archers by the archers and this is i put spinach monster question mark so this is where like this the kid gets grabbed into like this underground bunker mm-hmm. oh yeah and he gets like sucked down 
and the the samurai like hides in the sand, like buries himself. Yeah, and the sand kind of pops out of nowhere. I'm like, okay. And the samurai goes after the kid, and then in this this like underground, uh, like seemed like a. It's like Battle Dome or whatever, like Mad Max, Thunderdome underground. Yeah, it definitely, definitely has that like Barter Town, Thunderdome kind of feeling, but underground. And it's, 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 I think it's hell because earlier on you, you see like a teenager die and then that teenager is now yeah, underneath he's there. there. Right? And yeah. then so the, the teenager and the little kid have to fight each other. Mm-hmm. And so the little kid's trying to do like the Tai Chi kind yeah, of yeah, shit yeah. That, uh, that Buddy was doing. Mimic, what, yeah. And... And then you see Buddy, and he's like, just fucking knock the knock him out, kid. Like, yeah. Just punch him. So yeah, little kid, kid punches him right in the face, knocks him out. All right. And then you find out the kid was supposed to be, like, sacrificed to the spinach monster. And I think right. you even hear the spinach monster be like, oh, man, I'm hungry, or something like that. <laughs> something stupid. <laughs> and then we find yeah. out it's uh, 18 miles to Las Vegas. Yeah, they, right. uh, they emerge, and they're somehow much closer. And, and as they're walking, uh, they see that, that, that car that had the family in it, and it's just right. it's burnt burnt to shit and they're all dead and i think it says like beware of the red army or something like that of course yeah and then uh who do we run into a bunch of soviets the soviets and i got another clip for that okay the let's last go. Clip. Here it is. now i, I don't yeah. know if if he speaks in this one but there's a guy in the army who does this tiger claw thing uh that's actually the lead's brother Oh, okay. Jeffrey yeah, Falcon's I'm, brother, Noel Falcon. Because I remember when we were watching the credits, it was like a yeah. bunch of them. A bunch of Falcons in this one. It's the whole it's like bird movie. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Here we go again. I'll handle this. How much further to Vegas, comrade? No one goes to Las Vegas without papers. No one. Four eyes. Okay. Comrades. 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 So this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. For a brusky tequila cup, we skin your American Yeah! Yeah! This is my road. You are in Soviet territory. No one goes to. No one. Yuri Faknovichev. Comrade Budsky. The war is over, baby. It's been over for years. I'm the new rock and roll king of Vegas. So all you commies, step aside. I do not like rock and roll music. It is too loud. I like folk music. Soft, nice music. Huh? Polka? What? Anything. I don't do polka, baby. No one rock roll in Las Vegas. Papers, no papers. Understand? No one. I don't do polka, baby. Welcome to freedom. I don't do polka, baby. <laughs>
So yeah, Such and the, story. they all kind of run down, and they're starting to fight. And you realize that they they don't have any bullets in their guns because yeah. you know because it's, it's forty years or so. 40, yeah, they yeah. used them all. No, like. yeah. And we get the giant fighting scene. It's very and like I like where the where the Russians are. Like when he runs up and he's fighting them, it, it kind of looks like World War One trenches yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Wait. So is it? 1997 then i think it's supposed yeah, to be yeah. 40 years okay. later. 40 years right. later because that's fun uh turbo so kid was set in 97 was it yeah. Yeah, 97. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like the and terminator 2 uh judgment day happened in 97 mm. wasn't that why is 97 like the the so it's like the apocalypse day. year i don't know it's perfect uh i think retroactively like it's fun to look back at like what we thought it was gonna look like all right he defeats he defeats the Red Army, but he gets like knocked out. Yeah, and so the kid's trying to drag him to Las Vegas. Boom! He's like the little kid's dragging him, and then would walk back, grab the guitar, drag it for us. I mean, it took fucking forever. And uh, then death shows up. Yeah, to battle him. To battle Aww. him, and he's and, uh, at his lowest point. Well, the the kid tries to like battle death and then he just yeah. kind of pushes him away yeah, yeah. No, he he brings in what he you know what he's been learning from dancing on the on sand the, dune. on the sand dancing dunes. on the dunes yeah uh and yeah. get his ass his ass summarily kicked. yeah and, and the kid tries to run the sword to the samurai <laughs> yeah. and the samurai turns around to kind of stop the kid and he gets like five arrows to the back mm. um and then there's a sword fight and there's and then we have like that they have like the guitar off yeah, you know, it's like very crossroadsy, yeah, style. Um, <laughs> Steve and, then, and then this Ralph Macchio. And this then, is and this is where we really <laughs> this is really where we get some some Wizard of Oz this vibes. Very wizard. Um, you he bet. throws water on death, and he fucking melts. Yeah, melting. Yeah, and he just turns yep. into a puddle of goop. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, all right. And then they're they're at. You see him walking. The kid is like he puts on the samurai's clothes. Well, but he dies. But he dies. Yeah, but he disappears. Like vanishes. Yeah, like like, a, like Jedi style. Like a Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He puts on the clothes and then he's walking towards uh, Las Vegas, which yeah. looks like the fucking Emerald City. Yep. And then as he's walking, he like it. It's like almost like a big moment. Yeah, he you know, morphs. But it morphs into like a buddy kind of yeah. person. Yep. Yep. So is yeah, we were talking about that. I wonder if that <laughs> yeah, was Yeah, no, it's a great myth, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. it follows the old myth. Yeah. It's the journey, it's the hero, obstacles, there's hardships on your way, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna die, you're definitely going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then there's like the renew or birth. And it's the rebirth. rebirth. Yeah. Like it's through through the story, through right, that's how you live the forever. Tribulations. Like, oh, through okay. Myth. Through your okay. through, by passing on what you're learning. Right. It's like all human beings, that's how we've conquered time. Right. Is because we can pass on what we've learned. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, no, it's super cool. I, I thought it, it was a great story. I, I mean, the it ending is was, a, sure. No, it was definitely like a little too much. He could have like been a little more subtle about it. But. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if this movie were to receive like a, a new treatment or a remake, you could probably flesh out the story a little more, throw a little more money at it. Probably create a really compelling. I kind of want. I kind of wanted to see what Las Vegas was. Like I was saying, knock on the door yeah, and be like, too, "That's yeah. like a guitar yeah. of a different color." Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's some content ripe for a for a writer to play. Yeah, I think. Uh, so. I think it would be super cool, and especially if there's like a little tie-in with Fallout. That's super interesting. Yeah, you bet. I wonder uh, if anybody's so got their eyes on that or not. Jason, what would you duck it? 
What's your Ducker rating? Man, even after listening to it, and I really liked listening to it, I think it would be cool just to get that part of it and mm -hmm. imagine all of those scenes and stuff. Yeah. I would give it four ducks. I'm Doing a, four? I'm a, yeah, I'm a mm -hmm. four ducker. I liked it. I liked the music. I liked the colors. I liked this, you know, even for the cheesy. Yeah. Throwing stuff in. I thought, I, I thought he did a good job. Wowzers. What about you, Fish? Well, I was sitting at a solid three, but I got to go three and a half ducks. And I think the only reason I'm taking off that, that extra half is only because I wanted maybe more. something a little more out of it. But yeah, sure. I can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, I, th I think I'm just, uh, I wrote down three after watching mm. it. And I think I'm going to stick with the three. Like, yeah. it's an interesting movie. It could have been fleshed out. So much more, a whole lot better. Yeah. I mean, two million dollars though. Two, like, yeah, for two, oh, yeah, for two million dollars, it was a good. They did a good job for two mil, especially yeah, in a yeah. year where it feels older than it is, but uh, it feels like a more early '90s film. Yeah, I mean, it was '98, and you got to think what else came. I mean, Saving Private Ryan came out that <laughs> year. I mean, you're up against a lot of stuff. Yeah, and so. I'm sure they they weren't gonna. They didn't get a wide release either. I give it a solid three, but I would watch it again. Oh yeah, yeah you bet. Sure. I would watch. This it feels again. like the kind of movie you would just put on at parties. If you need something on a screen just to just provide some yeah. kind of atmosphere or something. something. Yeah, yeah, just they, throw they it on. Movies, you, know, you bet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there Super was cool. something else I looked up here on um, through their Wikipedia article that talks a little more about the thematic elements. To like the Kind of like what we pointed out ourselves, but it gives a little more uh, detail. Um, throughout the film, there are homages to many major musical movements in the United States. Buddy, the main character, is a symbol of the birth of rock and roll. He shares the same clothing style of Buddy Holly, including his horn-rimmed horn glasses. Uh, Death, a character resembling Slash from Guns N' Roses, which I think we all said because of his top hat. Yeah. Um, kills a character representing Jerry Lee Lewis during the film. Um, Death also dispatches a mariachi band and another musician dressed uh, country western style. Um, his minions also torment a traveler dressed in hip-hop fashion. Um, Buddy also has a duel with a musician uh, wielding a ukulele resembling Richie Valens, who died in the same uh, 1959 plane crash as the original Buddy Holly. Um, death also kills rock music um, through the death of Buddy. Um, however, the last scene shows the child donning Buddy's clothing, suggesting that though rock and roll is dead, there is still hope for the future. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, beautiful. we have the film also has references to The Wizard of Oz, loosely imitating the 1939 movie. A little person instructs Buddy, Buddy to follow the yellow brick road. Um, Las Vegas, seen from the distance, looks like Emerald City. Um, Death is obsessed with a specific object, Buddy's guitar pick, or his guitar, much like the Wicked Witch trying to get Dorothy's red slippers. And then finally, Death is killed when sprayed with water, as was the Wicked Witch. Uh, and when Buddy dies, his body disappears, leaving only his clothes for the kid to take, again, like the Wicked Witch or like a Jedi. Yeah. Um, and though the critical reception, um, like you mentioned at the top, was only at 57% approval rating from Rotten Tomatoes based on 21 reviews, uh, Film Threat gave the film a perfect score of five stars. Leonard Clady of Variety Film, uh, or I'm sorry, of Variety called the film a rock and roll Mad Max served up Cantonese style. This is one wildly original and highly entertaining American indie with genuine commercial appeal. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's a bunch of other glowing reviews as well. And uh, I, I would recommend this to just about anybody who had an interest in indie films. just film. have this yeah. weird sort of uh, put together where it's like these characters, the Wicked Witch, mm -hmm. Death, right? Yeah. They get sprinkled with water yeah. and they die. It's like it's weirdly close to the baptism, like being. Oh. 
right? You holy get baptized water, yeah, and, water, you, yeah. and you like, you're born again. You're going to live forever yeah, with yeah. God. You know, kind I of like thing. That. Like you conquer death through the baptism. Yeah. It's like, that's That definitely weird. makes me like it a little more too. Yeah. Just kind of. Ooh. All right. I'm going to have Jade do the honors to reach into the oh. duck jar and okay. see what our next film will be. Fantastic. So shake it up. Yeah, that was a good on. one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Good choice. Oh, listen to that. Oh, so Ooh, good. ASMR. Yeah. Nice. Mm. <laughs> Got our little Foley mm. artist over here. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do Foley on it. All right, what do we got? Thief and the Cobbler. Oh fuck Shit. yeah! Oh, I'm right. so excited. This is I was the gonna Thief tell, and the Cobbler. I was gonna say we need um, what is this? We need a, an animated. Uh, movie. This is an animated movie that took years and years and years I think and years it took and years, close to thirty years to for this movie it. to to fully uh, complete. Yeah. Wow. And it came around. It came out around the same time as Aladdin, so it was almost like a like one of those twin movie phenomenons. Mm. Where you have an animated film with a similar setting and premise. Gotcha. And this particular story is fascinating. I invite you to go like look up videos or documentaries about this this movie's history, uh, which I think you'll thoroughly enjoy. Trying to see if it's available anywhere. I believe it is. I think I saw it the other day on one of my uh, one of your things. One of my watch lists. Thief and the Cobbler, nineteen ninety three. Got it right here. Let's see. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, we'd have to rent it. Probably, it says available on Amazon, um, but that means probably through purchase. Okay, let me let me. Uh, we'll have to find it. Yeah, I mean, I I bet one of my sister in laws has it. Like owns a physical copy of it. Yeah, probably. It, it would surprise me if they didn't. So, well, that's <laughs> gonna be our that's our movie. Thanks for listening in, everybody. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. That thank was you, fun. Jason. I do want to uh, before we close out. I want to mm-hmm. thank all oh, yeah. of our sponsors. Um, namely the Copper Fox Tattoo Company over on West 192 in Kissimmee. Go see them at uh, Copper Fox Tattoo Company at 407-397-9938. Go see Beryl and Gina and company. Where is my other list? Okay, also to our producer, Mr. Alan Simmons, thank you again uh, for producing our show. We appreciate your Contributions and to all of our patrons D Rock, Chris Shea, Money Void, Pronto, Cinemantha, Patty, Rios, Samwise, Stripes, and Tim Bo. We love you all. And to our super fans, Ian Murray, I know you're going to enjoy this one. And uh, there's a little name drop. Yeah, this has got, got a lot of famous people in it. And also, the budget was $28 million and only made 669000 Is that Thief in the Cobbler? Yes, it is. All right, I'm excited for that one. I may have to buy this just to put in my collection anyway, because I need it. I need it. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.